The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. To address our new climate reality, the world needs radical solutions. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment, hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Let's get to our guest. Frances Stacy is with us. She is Director of Strategy at Optimal Capital Advisors. She's on the line from Florida. Frances, thanks for being with us. I'm looking at today's price action. Actually, a lot of uh, the move since last week when we heard from the Fed chairman. Seems like the market is getting the message now. The Fed's going to fight inflation no matter was it, what it takes, even at the expense of growth. Yes, absolutely. I think the market is getting the message and it's rapidly repricing that sentiment from the idea that the Fed had turned, you know, ever so slightly dovish in their last press conference, um, you know, despite raising rates 75 basis points. Um, However, volatility has flattened off in these last couple of sessions. And so it might be a little bit finished for now. But I sort of echo that sentiment that I don't think that we've seen the bottom for this year. And um, even if we have a little bit of an interim rally and, of course, waiting on those jobs numbers on Friday morning. Uh, and Francis, of course, we just mentioned the Morgan Stanley chief U.S. equity strategist predicting that, uh, they'd, uh, that investors have been far too preoccupied with the Federal Reserve and that we are probably looking at an earnings uh, uh, downgrade, I suppose, and that could send us to new lows. Would you agree with him? Yes, that's true. I mean, preoccupied with the Fed. The Fed, you know, you just don't fight the Fed because the Fed's reduction of demand and reduction of liquidity is the precursor to having, you know, earnings be affected. And the thing is, is that when you look at market peaks since they've introduced quantitative easing post global financial crisis, you really have market peaks perfectly perfectly correlated when they stop buying those assets. And so I would say that the Fed is the precursor, but I agree with that. As far as the quantitative tightening, they were going a little slower than they had planned. So over the last three months, they've actually reduced about $17 billion a month. So if they jump it up to the $95 billion a month, um, you know that's going to be a 5x acceleration on reducing those uh those assets on those on the balance sheet and that's you know that could weigh quite heavily on the market question is whether the market can absorb that on the credit side but talk to me a little bit about your forecast for recession we heard today from the head of the cleveland fled uh, loretta mester saying in the next two years the chances of recession or maybe said another way the risk of recession clearly much uh, elevated uh, where do you come down on the recession call exactly what you just said, right? It's how does this record rate of tightening affect the credit market? So right now, credit spreads aren't really pricing in any kind of a disaster. And right now, if we were to stop right now, that soft landing looks plausible. But as we've just said, we're not stopping. We're not only, you know, they're coming out with potentially we're now pricing in, you know, 75 basis points for the September meeting. And now, you know, taking that balance sheet reduction, uh, quantitative tightening 5x, that's a lot all at once. And and as you say, you know, you can miss a threshold when you're going that quickly because all of these things have lag effects. Rates have more of a lag effect than QT does, but you can miss a threshold where you put those credit markets in danger. 
Francis, what uh, you know, we've got, of course, the jobs report coming out Friday. Does that take a back seat to the CPI numbers we get? No, I think, you know, I think bad news is good news. I mean, the whole narrative that the Fed, well, so the Fed doesn't have much choice, right? They have to stay resolutely hawkish as they are because any sigh or any brief breath or any pause (laughs) that would give traders an idea that they might be sort of going a bit more dovish, traders rush and anticipate that and price it in. And they go ahead and loosen the financial conditions and lower the rates on the Fed's behalf, which is destroying what they're trying to do. So they have to be resolutely hawkish. Um, And so the labor narrative is actually what's allowing them to do that because it's such a lagging indicator. So if that softens enough, that's going to put the Fed even in a worse position because um, then markets are going to start to price in that they're not going to be able to get all, you know, not going to be able to continue to be hawkish because that's what they've said they're looking at. So uh, I think it's very important. Uh, Looking at the dollar as uh, we left things off uh, with uh, Doug last time, uh, king dollar, queen dollar, or anything non-gender specific dollar, moving, what, 10% up uh, on the dollar index so far this year, 17% the depreciation of the yen. Is there anything that stops it? And is there anything which is not really at the moment uh, being factored in here? Well, what's interesting about um, the DXY, uh, which that one actually has an overweight to the euro, but the thing is, is that it's hitting double top resistance from July 14th. And so it's kind of consolidating sideways in a range here. And again, if the Fed starts tightening, 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 I see further upside to the dollar. Obviously, it has some relative strength to, you know, say euro in this particular index. Um you know, because the U.S. is still relatively strong economically. But I think the minute that the Fed has to pivot or slow down or change their narrative, then the dollar is going to sell off and then financial conditions are going to go ahead and loosen. And so that's why they're trying to remain resolutely hawkish. But this is one of the markets that's kind of, um, you know, questioning how much they're going to be able to get done despite the narrative. Um, and all of the comments that are coming out. So we know the, the weak state of the global economy, generally speaking, and with a, a lot of dollar strength, if you're a multinational company, that's a huge headwind you're going to have to fight. So when you look at what we're likely to see on the top line, uh, let's say between now and the remainder of the year for your corporates here in the U.S., how do you begin to, to factor that into the equation when it comes down to, to earnings? tough to factor right because it's all about timing so can the depreciate potential depreciation in the dollar stay ahead of demand destruction um you know and wages remaining sticky and high because the labor markets are landing uh, sorry the labor markets are lagging indicators and also you know how conservative are corporations based on the fact that they feel like their taxes are going to go up so a lot of these, you know, things are floating out there. It's very hard to predict, but um, the dollar would have to start selling off um, well in advance of, you know, further demand destruction. And the problem is, is that the Fed is really not going to give any indication that it's going to pivot uh, until we see, you know, economic problems or problems plumbing in the system. You know, you mentioned a potential 100 basis point hike. And if they're not committed to the soft landing, then what, you know, what has them stopping? What would have them stopping is if they reduce the liquidity to the point where we were going to have credit market problems Mm. and how contagious those credit market problems are. Now, Powell has proven to us in the third quarter of 19 
um, and also, you know, during COVID, that mm-hmm. he's going to protect the plumbing in the system. No and doubt that about it. is yep. going to be the thing. Yep, yeah. yep. Got that. Rish? Yeah, I mean, the last thing he wanted is a credit crunch at a time like this. You see, also with the dollar where it is, it's shielding uh, a, a lot of the economy from the worst of inflation, which other countries are having to endure because of the dollar strength itself. No, it's true. Um, it, the thing is, is that anytime you have a currency that goes out of a range, right? Currencies, this is sort of the funny thing about crypto, right? Um, you know, vo- traders want volatility, right? Because they get alpha and trading the volatility. But if you're talking about a currency, you want that currency to be as stable as possible because you have the most prediction economically and you can do policies around that. So the rise in the dollar has been, um, you know, it's been huge and that is unsettling for a number of reasons um you know to other countries other currencies attendant with inflation and it's going to exacerbate things and it's going to take a minute for it to balance out and i'm looking for it to return back down to 10625 on that dxy to say that it's kind of gone back to it's reverted to the mean mm-hmm. um and we'll just see what occurs at that point francis very quickly 15 seconds uh, how much dry powder are you, are you sitting on right now are you fully invested uh, we have we're pretty fully invested. We will take it down if we start to see volatility persisting, um, you know, above 25 and certainly above 30, because when volatility gets into that range, all correlations go to one and it doesn't um, make much difference between defensive sectors and non-defensive sectors and all of the other Francis, things that we try to plan. Francis Daisy, there, director of strategy at Optimal Capital Advisors. Our thanks to her. This is Bloomberg. Do you love Elon Musk? Do you hate Elon Musk? Do you have no idea what to think about Elon Musk? Then we have just the show for you. He's become even more larger than life. Buying Twitter doesn't get us closer to Mars. They are like really close to the edge of like everything falling apart. Like, oh, Elon, I volunteer, put a chip in my brain. Each week on this podcast, we'll break down, analyze, and debate the most important stories on Musk and his empire. It's all one big universe. You just work for Elon Inc. From Bloomberg Businessweek, this is Elon Inc. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.